that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and you're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the Hashnal Hunt season 21-22. I almost said Hashnal Hunt, it's not the same thing. Uh, it must be all the rain getting into my system. Of course we've just had day two at the Cheltenham Festival. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello Dino. Hello Demo. Now we're dry, we're back in uh, situ. I would say, after a very wet and uh, slightly unexpected. I think we expected a bit of rain, Demo, but it's a little bit more than we uh, expected. Oh, Jesus Christ. It didn't, <laughs> end. it didn't end at all. Absolutely soaked getting there, soaked there. Still going. Yeah. Still and, raining. And the ground just completely changed everything, uh, literally. This is a very different meeting now, isn't yeah. it, already? Very, Absolutely very is. And uh, whilst we, we were kind of thinking we duck a little bit of the rain on the way into the course, we didn't duck any of it and uh, no, we needed to be a duck. Yeah, literally. Yeah, okay. And yeah, no, going forward now it is. It's just a much more difficult task with Chapman Festival now because you just don't really know what way the ground's going to be like tomorrow, really, do you? No, and you know, a lot of these horses are coming and we've we've studied this meeting for months. <laughs> never and never with this night, every, Everything was on the basis of good to soft ground. Everything. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, that's what you normally expect there, but they've had a deluge. And of course, they watered uh, yesterday evening, which seems, uh, in hindsight, a little bit um, unnecessary. Yeah, it seems an unbelievable call. Um, really, just the... Uh, Paul Nichols said it. They, everyone knew that there was rain coming since Sunday. A serious amount of rain. Everyone knew it. Uh, last night around Cheltenham, um, everybody you met would just tell you that literally, yep. be be ready for tomorrow. Um, there was no getting ready for that though, unfortunately. But it's, uh, yeah, just an amazing situation we find ourselves in really, isn't it? It really is. And some say you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I think you're only damned if you do in this situation. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, like, if there was a 50-50 chance and they got a freakish run of rain, you couldn't say a word. But, like, they watered last weekend because, obviously, the, the weather's been freakishly dry. Yeah. Um, so, I understood that completely. But, Jesus, with the amount of rain that was that was coming and which did come today, it, it, it's just madness. Absolute madness. Oh, put a big hole in a, in a few of my fancies for the day. Why don't we spin through what happened on day two of the Cheltenham Festival, of course, as is our requirement here to go through it. Uh, let's go for the Ballymore. Uh, Sir Gerhard, a uh, race panned out perfectly for that horse. I was surprised, actually, that Paul Towner didn't go from the front, but um, in the end, it probably didn't matter whether he did or he didn't. Yeah, it seems a it seems a tactic for William Mullins at this festival. I don't know whether they kind of they don't want to be going from the front. They don't want to do any blasting. Yeah, seems seems the case. Bar obviously Gaelic Warrior, which did make sense, but the the rest of them, Stormy Ireland, didn't go to the front. Yeah, uh, Nurzamin, who move on to, he didn't go to the front, yep. and uh, also Sir Gerard. But yeah, and Stormy Ireland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, said that there first of all. Yeah, but yep. the um, oh sorry, yeah, <laughs> Sir Garrett is uh, ah, he, he was he was the best by miles. Uh, felt for for journey with me. I thought we were home and hose for third place there, but the uh, it didn't really matter. They were they were they were trying to catch smoke. He was uh, he was just far too good, wasn't he? Yeah, and each way bet to nothing never comes with the caveat that if you fall, you're done. Yeah, you? yeah, unfortunately, that's unfortunately what happened there. So Sir Gerhard won at eight to eleven on sorry eleven to eight on in the end in the Ballymore and uh, the right decision vindicated uh, by uh, Willie Mullins, of course, to to make that switch to the Ballymore. They got the far easier contest and just repeated the form from the Dublin Race Festival with three stri- stripe life back in second. And what do you want with a good ride? Uh, picking up the pieces in third after Jenny and me came down. Let's talk about the Brown Advisory, the RSA, of course. 
Um, we were walking down the steps, just going down to, to kind of catch a glimpse of Brave Man's game. And the the announcer there said, and withdrawn on the count of the ground, uh, Brave Man's game. And that's when you knew the rain really had changed the game. Yeah, it really was. Um, it, it Just from where we were standing, it might have been that noticeable with Sir Gara, just the way he picked up, you could be alluded just to say maybe he bounced, you know, he, he, he bounced away from them. Yeah. Um, but definitely once you saw Brave Man's game come out, and Dean, I know it, it ruined an awful lot of your bets, that, Not sure. that, that whole situation. But I kind of got the vibe for a while anyways, a lot of people have, that Paul Nichols didn't really want to go to Cheltenham. So I, just... I think he said it earlier in the season, and then they, they kind of made a change. I'm sure the owners were keen to go and win a race at Cheltenham. No, he's been vindicated by what what happened with Shishkin and everything else. And yeah. really, the yeah. performance of the winner, it can't be sniffed at that, you know, Long Press might have got the job done anyway. Long Press was very good, jumped exactly as you would expect Long Press to jump, but also we saw stamina this time. Stamina this time, um, very, very, very intelligent ride from um, Charlie, Charlie Deutsch. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it back there and uh, a high senior is going to his right, so he just makes sure he doesn't get anywhere near that side of him. He, he doesn't challenge until he absolutely has to. Uh, high seniors actually ran a huge race when you actually consider what the amount of ground that he did give up uh, back at a right. Just not a natural jumper, is he? I don't think. At that, and he needs to go right-handed. I think. Yeah. Okay. Loads of sta- loads of stamina in there. Though, yeah. To finish that was right upsetting him the whole time. Yeah. So um, he he could be interesting, but even he hated Kempton. He, he's going to be a difficult horse for them to place now. Um, maybe Punchestone actually might make a lot of sense for him. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, it's uh, he was absolutely brilliant. Charlie Deutsch as well, and Venetia Williams are flying at this festival. Uh, but Charlie Deutsch particularly is at a Small bit of a trouble pass, and it's absolutely great to see him now uh, as good as he is. Yeah, 9-4 favourite was Long Press, getting the job done from a hoist in your... And your old friend Gallard de Menil back in third um, in the Brown Advisory. When we got onto the uh, Cora Cup, the game was up at this point. I think we all knew we needed stayers. Unfortunately, a big friend of the podcast in the past was Commander of Fleet, and uh, none of us were on, and which is disappointing because this did turn into an absolute slog, and uh, Commander of Fleet... He's definitely a horse that gets three miles, no problem. And um, been coming back into some kind of life. You remember, Demo, we were all over him to go and win an Albert Bartlett. And the horse that beat him that day was Manella Rinda. Yeah, That's not nice. bad form, is it? And uh, behind him. Yeah, that, that was a good race, in fairness, yeah. wasn't it, for an Albert Bartlett. Uh, Commander of Fleet won at 50-1 to 1 under uh, Shane Fitzgerald with fast or slow. Big run from that one in second. Ashdale Bob, who looked like might even stay in front for a long time. And Camperon, who would have hated the ground, has won a massive race in fourth. Yeah, uh, this was a real race that really showed you how bad the ground was. It, there was only four of them, really. Uh, Ganapati, who we both liked, um, I thought he travelled into it beautifully. He just couldn't pick up on the ground at yep. all. The horses in front just stayed there. And again, we saw that later on in the card as well but um, brilliant ride from Young Fitzgerald he does look like he's he's a really special jockey and really every single one of his pounds that he took off that horse definitely came to fruition yeah and Gordon got on the board and he was absolutely delighted with uh, with Commander of Fleet then we got on to the Queen Mother Champion Chase and uh now, we were set up for a fascinating clash of Anerjameen, Shishkin and Chaco and Poussois. And, um, well, after a couple of fences, you knew Shishkin was done. Chaco and Poussois was then to come down. Anerjameen really didn't have too much, uh, you would have thought, to trouble him in the race. He still had to go and put in a big performance. Um, Envoir Allen was, was pitching for a while and looked like maybe that was the main danger. In fact, there was no dangers as Anerjameen came clear under Paul Townend with a <laughs> remarkable run from Fernambula Savola uh, to get into second place and Envoy Allen in third. A, ru- a really good horse has won the champion chase, Demo, but I wouldn't say that's a great champion chase. It's a good horse, though. No, that uh, champion chases keep falling apart. No, they do. Uh, they they, they do. really do. You know, the year of Deffy and versus Shacken versus Altior ended up with sure. Little O winning it. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has happened. He was outstanding. Uh, the change of tactics on him definitely worked. It's good to see that he does not need to lead, which is a, a, an additional bow to his cap that I didn't think he had. Um, 
but it's it is yeah it it was a disappointing race overall again Charlie Deutsch gave Funabus of all an absolute screamer to place it was just a beautiful ride um, and the winner was just far too good for them thank god Ascot happened but um, I do hope we get to see them two go off against each other again you'd imagine we will Nico stopped pretty early on Shishkin he knew I think he uh, Nicky Henderson said afterwards they knew the game was up going to the first which yeah. is pretty remarkable that you know the horse really struggled that much on on that kind of ground and Erjamin did not and uh, you know you got to win on all sorts to be a champion haven't you and Erjamin has gone and done it so uh, no no discredit uh, to the winner there hopefully they do get to meet again and uh, as for Shakan Pourcois that might be the end of Cheltenham Ventures there You'd have to think, uh, no, he fell again. Hopefully the horse is okay. Yeah, we don't have any answers still, yeah. really. like it, it, It's fair to say he doesn't travel now because that's three goals now he's had. But it's, it's a jumping it's impossible error, to know. say what he could do. Yeah, yeah we don't know. Um, okay, we move on then to the cross-country. I think uh, the world and his wife was willing Tiger Roll to finish with his last day at school being a winning one. <laughs> but Jack Kennedy was there to spoil the party. And it's like the market knew. They actually flip-flopped in favouritism. Delta Work came in from a big price into five to two favourite Tiger Roll. Uh, finished second at 3-1. It was a good battle between them in the end, but the classier horse who has come back to form, it's a Gold Cup horse effectively, not quite maybe for a Cheltenham Gold Cup, but obviously an Irish Gold Cup, no problem. Um, got the better of Tiger Roll. So we didn't get to see the, the kind of roof come off with all the rain falling and all that with Tiger Roll. And actually, a winner at the Cheltenham Festival, not since Top Seas, I don't think, when I was there, um, has been booed coming back here. Coming I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, Jack Kennedy was like a pantomime villain. He was loving it. He was up and... Oh, he didn't mind at all. He didn't mind at all. He, yeah. Yeah. he didn't, yeah. For yeah. Definitely, um, definitely Jack's, Jack's not someone who gets uh, too emotional about things, but, but that took it to a whole new level. Um, it, yeah, for me, it, it almost vindicates Tiger Roll a little bit more. Um, Delta Work is a horse who could have won an RSA, who's won Irish Gold Cups and everything else uh, a he's really, great really horse, quality yeah. horse yeah. had a bad year but he's come right back and he had to pull it all out to beat Tiger Roll um, it's just mad I just think Michael O'Leary did, did, did a touch of a psychopath to those lads to, to do that to, to their own horse to their own horse <laughs> yeah, no. making a legend they won't let him run in the Grand National and then they run Delta Work against them on his goodbye race and he would have won it by 20 lengths it would have been a fair he would have story. he would have back in third of course a horse that you know marginally uh, I'd say I fancied each way was Plan of Attack who ran a big race completely out of it at the ratings and the weights to be honest but uh, just showed that he's really getting the grips with that with that course but um, there was two far better horses in front of him two far better horses and Gig and Sound you could see them they just love winning races they, they could, you could see them sticking Delta work with this yeah, and not, that's the yeah. problem for all of them now. Yeah, not many yards with a horse of that quality would be in the cross country. Oh no, chase. any other yard now he's in the Gold Cup. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be yeah. In a, he'd be in a hot race, all right. We got on to the uh, Grand Annual. I must give a shout out to Fryboy on Bookmakers.co.uk who put up Global Citizen on the website there this morning. Do check him out daily, of course, on glo- on Bookmakers.co.uk and Global Citizen. Um, it was, well, it was it was some performance. Ben Pauling and Keelan Woods, who's a good man, he gets his first Cheltenham winner, apparently. No, second. Sorry, his second Cheltenham winner? Yeah, he rode the same winner, the same race for Ben, or for ben Case. What was the name of the horse again? Front running ride as well. Oh, I do remember this now. Croco Bay. Yes, Croco Bay. Um, so, yeah, because he was going to be um, having a bit of a banter with his good friend Charlie Deutsch, who won earlier on the day. And now, now Charlie can't throw anything at him as Global Citizen gets it done. Andy Dufresne has been a talking horse of the week for this and being backed all over the shop actually went off 100 to 30 favourite and found one too good and Cheltenham can do that too and it was Global Citizen yeah um, Mark also did nothing wrong I, I thought Mark had him in a beautiful spot the whole, the whole way around he went from 7 to 4 to 3rd and I'd say Mark thought like all of us he was just going to pick them up but there was that point two out when Global Citizen kicks again 
and Andy Dufresne just doesn't pick up. Um, he's a horse that would probably benefit from going up and trip because he was closing all the way again at the line. I, I just don't think he had the toe for it. Uh, Global Citizen, on the other hand, just an amazing training performance from Ben Pauling to get him back. Running right over, back, yeah. Running over hurdles all season. Um, and that's one of the things that this Cheltenham Festival has been great. Um, hasn't been a great punting festival for me, but the one thing that, that is great is that there's just such a spread of trainers this year. Uh, we're all fearful all the time of it becoming a two-trainer two sport, but it's just not happening. It doesn't happen year on year. And again, this season, you've got Lucinda Russell, Ben Pauling, Alan King, Padraig Roach. You've just, you've just got so many different trainers. It's just great to see. Yeah, it is. It is. That's certainly been the story of the first two days, all right? Uh, a, a massive um, performance and victory for Global Citizen, right back to his very best. And enjoying the heavy ground, which I, you know, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have put in his locker, but uh, absolutely went on it and bounced home in front. Uh, let's talk about the bumper. They nearly didn't get this race off. There was that much rain. I had to doll it round and make it almost a bit of a chicane around a few different hurdles. But um, we saw the two that everyone's been talking about in the bumper come through to the to the fore in the finish. And uh, it was Fasil Vega. Quivega's uh, son, no less. Yeah, I'd say Jamie Codd is absolutely sick of Patrick Mullins this week. Uh, that's twice now where he's, I'd say, taught himself a few furlongs out. I might have this only to see Patrick's sure. big arse going by him. Uh, not that Patrick is a big arse, I don't think, but whatever. Uh, the, um, an arse is an arse. An arse is an arse. And it, uh, yeah, he's got a good one, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, a freakish performance, absolutely freakish. Um, Willie was on racing TV beforehand, I believe, and he was saying that he was worried about the ground and that he kind of like minds made up on the ground, and etc. Good horses winning any, any situation. It's great to see one of uh, Kevega's progeny be so good as well. Um, it kind of warms the heart that way. Now we might have a... We might have a... Uh, a bar put in beside the Cavega bar now it, it yeah. keeps going but uh, yeah no it's a great brilliant performance yeah uh, Jay Mangan said on the television coverage afterwards that those front three of Facil Vega American right and American Mike sorry and James's gate will be the big three to concentrate on next year and it's hard to argue with that do look three very smart it is horses. but Willie Mullins regularly pulls these horses out of absolutely nowhere you know Dysart Dynamite didn't go to Shetland last year now I know he didn't win but like they're still they're, they're an awful lot more more to come but Willie's, Willie's dominance of the novice herders next season would be a concern I think yes guarantee plenty of people are already sitting on supreme vouchers yes. and badly more vouchers for these horses already yeah. and that is the beauty of the game Keen Kirby I'm talking to you if you are listening to us on the Race Out podcast this oh. evening okay um, why don't we get stuck into uh, day three of the Cheltenham Festival and it's going to be run on heavy ground but hopefully with a bit of sunshine demo. And we'll get plenty of sunshine from the first race because the Turners, it's not two horses, it's four. And it's Bob Ollinger, Galloping the Champs, El Barra and Booselton. Now, two of those are definitely running to picking up a bit of pace money or place money um, if they can. But the market with fans bet is Galloping the Champs even money, 11 to 10 Bob Ollinger, El Barra 20s. And uh, Booselton, of course, is the rag there at 40 to 1. Um, I thought Bob Ollinger would be favourite, but the weather's changed everything. The weather has changed absolutely everything. Uh, the angle on Bob Ollinger was that he improved no end for the better ground at the Shetland Festival in the Ballymore last season. And that's what, what the thinking was, that, that you know he, he was going to be, be too pacey. But we saw today in the Coral Cup, a three-miler won a two-and-a-half-mile handicap. So uh, Galloping Deschamps' stamina reserves, which have been proven already, uh, is definitely so it's far from over. Far, far from over. Obviously, the two of them are very little between them, but... I'm not getting involved, but uh, if I was to be pushed now, I think I'd, the, the odds are kind of, as they actually are, they are kind of moving towards 
Galvin is Sean's favourite, really, aren't they? They, they are. And um, it's almost like Willie Mullins had his crystal ball out in advance of making his decision here and knew that this race would actually probably turn into a vast staying test, uh, which I think it's going to be even over just it's even shorter than two and a half miles, isn't it? But it's going to feel like more. Um, I've got to stick with Bob Ollinger, but I can understand why the market is flipping. Um, probably, again, like you, Demo, I'll be watching this and enjoying the two going head to head. Uh, credit to the connections of the other two that decide to run here. Al Barrow has only ran, I think, what, the weekend? And Booselton is in there to pick up a bit of place money. Um, provided there's no mishaps. Let's move on then to the Potemps. Um, we've got Cider Berlay in here, Demo. I think he probably got off market leader for the Potemps. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he'll, he'll go off 9-2, to 4-1. Uh, Rob James is um, a massive £7 claimer on him. So he's actually running off 11 stone 5 in this uh, that's absolutely huge for him and it's uh, he's just a horse who's been there he's done it he's done it on soft ground as well that year when he beat uh, the Storyteller and if anyone can remember that race Storyteller's travelling all over him he just can't get past him he's a tough uh, cookie Barry Garrett he uh, completely just just knew exactly what he did under him absolutely hammered him up the running and uh, Storyteller could not go past and Storyteller's not a horse who was ever found wanting either um, so I'm on him very happy to be, but there's there's kind of two wild prices, Dean. That I yeah, just, let's have them. I think could could run very well. Um, the Cobb for Ben Pauling. Uh, this is a horse who kind of like a lot of Ben Pauling. We're, we're kind of down in the doldrums, but he's a horse who absolutely slouched up on one of the worst grounds I've seen um, at Doncaster um, in the River Don, and he absolutely hammered the field, destroyed them, and like the horses that were, that were pulled up that day, um, or sorry. Ask a honeybee and all, all these kind of horses, Ashton Lad, they were all smashed. He went off at 25 to 1 and he absolutely devoured them. He qualifies for this race, he runs off 40 to 1. And just the way Ben Pauling's horses are running, I definitely wouldn't put him out of this. And then the other one is uh, Mill Green, who I've put up twice uh, for the Martin Pipe. Both times he's ran very good races. With respect to the jockey, uh, Joe Anderson, there's uh, very little wrong with him, but it's a massive upgrade that Nico Devine is on board. And a 33 to 1 there for this race. I just think he's he's quite interesting as well. So I'll have two smalls in them, two small plays in them, but definitely Sire de Burley is my main arrow. Yeah, the Cobb is 40s with fans bet. Mill Green 33 to 1 with fan bet, as you say, Nico de Boinville uh, taking over in the plate there. I've actually got one at a bigger price that I quite like uh, away from the top of the market, which is Pileon or Pylon. Uh, I always call him Pylon. Pylon. Yeah, 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 I always call him Pileon. But um, yeah, Philip Hobbs' horse with Ben Jones on. Uh, has that related form with the Cobb? Actually, beat the Cobb at Sandown, I think, earlier in the season. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if it can, you know, it's run well at the festival before behind in Defatigable. Uh, I think off 10 stone 5, go on the ground, no problem. I put Pile on in with a big shout. Of course, Talking Horse all week. Um, oh, well, prior to that, even from all the previous nights, was Winter Fog. That's in there at 6 to 1. The market side of Burley, 4 to 1. 5 to 1, Alaphilippe, which I think is Paul Keeley's big, big bet of the week. Uh, if you catch up with anything on the racing post, then you've got Winterfog at sixes, sevens, Dunboyne. And it's 10 to 1 by those. We found a few bigger price ones there. And I think that might be the nature um, of the day if you're going to get stuck into any of this on absolutely heavy ground. Uh, we come to what we thought was a penalty kick of the week, perhaps, Derma, with Alaho in the Ryan Air. Still a penalty kick? Yeah. Yeah, that's literally simply it. I, I, like the race, the makeup of this race, I just don't like it at all. Um, I really don't. Um, it's just a race that. I just think he wins and I'm very happy to watch it and not take part, to be honest. 13 to 8 on is Alaho for the Ryanair. Conflated's there at 13 to 2. Shamblu at 17 to 2 and it's 11 to 1 bar. Uh, those are your fans' bet prices for the Ryanair. I have to agree with you. Uh, I might be tempted in with a little bit of Shamblu, I think, each way. 
and uh, and hope something happens to the favourite. But you do like an upside of a win opportunity with an each way bet. Yeah. And I don't see much of that. So perhaps the without markets uh, will, will be where I'll have to go with that. And uh, Blue, I think DJ Dave Jennings on our preview night said you might get seven to two, uh, three to one. You can get three to one without Alaho at fans bet without the favourite. So that's probably where I'll be going for the Ryanair. Okay, let's move on to the stairs hurdle. Um, Demo, I don't need to wax lyrical about this. Time Hill, I think, will handle the ground. I'd be very hopeful. Um, I think it's the one with the most upside. All right, there's plenty of exposed races against even a few of these in this field. But um, if it all comes together with a clean run, which I now think they've got, uh, I'd be very hopeful Time Hill gets the job done in the stairs and provide even more redemption than I got when it won at Aintree uh, back in the last season. Yeah, and Dean, I was just going to say that I'd let you kind of talk about him. Um, I've gone through quite a few fancies for this race as the season has gone on. Uh, but Time Hill is, uh, weirdly enough for a horse, that can be a bit of a wrong one at times when, <coughs> when it comes to a finish. Yep. Uh, he's actually very consistent. And uh, he, Florian Porter is the perfect um, antidote for him because he needs pace. He'll get that tomorrow. And it, if he can travel and travel and... Uh, Tommaso O'Brien is absolutely brilliant at that. So if uh, if he can get there like that, I think he he will take the world of stopping and Compran today. That run should fill Big run. any doubters of uh, Hobbs's form should be quite quiet now. Yeah, and there's a horse running before it that I like for Hobbsy, of course, which is Pileon or Pylon, but Pylon Time Hill, <laughs> uh, whichever way you want to go. What I am a little bit concerned about, and I talked about this on the preview night, is that Classical Dream is one of those Weetabix horses, as I call them. Um, you just don't know what side of the bed he's got out and what he had for breakfast. The market is speaking in his favour, Demo, because Classical Dream is now 7-2 favourite with fans bet for the stayers hurdle. Florian Porter is 4s, 9-2 time hill. Champ is 9-2. Royal Cajal has also seen plenty of money. I think that's ground related as well. 11-2, 7-1 for the old boy Paisley Park. And it's 33-1 rags, uh, the remaining four runners. Fingers crossed for me and anyone who's followed me. Uh, during the well, probably two seasons now that I've been telling you Time Hill is a certainty for Stairs Hurdle. Unlike Brave Man's Game, I think this one will actually turn up for the races tomorrow. So fingers crossed, heavy ground, whatever the ground, I think Time Hill going to take a lot of whacking in the stairs. Okay, we move on to the plate, Dermo. Um, the ground's going to make this pretty tricky, even though it's only two and a half and, uh, and a big old three. We've got a maximum field here of 22. What do you like? This is an unbelievably hard race. Um ridiculously hard uh, Fusel Raffles he'd, he'd have a very decent go on this way too many horses in there for Fusel Raffles I yeah think. that's that's the problem but maybe Daryl will go day, out, out yeah, front one day he might just put it together that's that's the kind of fear with him but I hear you. it's um, it is yeah it's an unbelievably hard race the one that I've landed down on is Grand Parody mm. um, two runs back at Fairy House um, he just he was very unlucky he, he, you know uh, really really unlucky he was beaten by uh, Floor and Frontal Assault uh, was a really huge run altogether. Um, and as we know, Frontal Assault is very strongly fancied as well. Yeah. So that that form is strong. And then last time just bumped into a very well, a brilliant horse in Blue Sari who seems to come right back to his best. So yep. Grand Paradis just screams to me as one of these typical Gordon Elliott novices who, who just flies out the blocks. And uh, David Russell, who's obviously had a bit of a quiet festival for his lofty um, history, um, I think he could get off to a decent start here. Okay, Grand Paradis then for you. I was going to give Adramel a chance here. Um, I will give you the market first. Glancing Queen, 4-1, to one, 
Favourite with fans bet for uh, the plate. Celebra Dalen is there at 9-2. to two. Of course, those colours carried to victory in this race before. Imperial Alcazar, 5-1. to one. Grand Parody, you mentioned, and are quite sweet on us at 13-2. to two, And it's 11-1 to one bar. Those Adramel, who's managed to win its last two races for Tom Lacey, um, is a 16-1 to one chance. Comes in here in red-hot form. And I would have fancied it last year for Albert Bartlett. And that didn't go well. And, and it was a, there's a whole little section in the middle of his form figures that you'll spot there, which say PPP. But it is backed up now with a couple of ones. They seem to have got the confidence back. So I'm going to give the seven-year-old a good squeak here at a big each-way price. Currently 16 to 1 um, with fans bet for the plate. Okay, let's move on then to the Mayor's Novices Hurdle. Uh, I might kick us off here by, of course, let, you know, reminding people that I'm talking to Brian Hayes during the week uh, for work here. Very sweet on the chances of Cole Murphy's impervious. Uh, Brian Hayes, of course, has the ride there. And they think that will go very well. But, I mean, the talking horses in here have obviously been uh, Dino Blue or Dino Blue of more recent note. Uh, plenty of market support for that. And Brandy Love from the Willie Mullins show. They're going to set the standard. But there's lots of good ones in here, Dan. Lots of good ones. Uh, Party Central was, I know it's a handicap, but my God, did that horse absolutely devour that field. Um, and that race, that mare's handicap hurdle at uh, Leperstown last season produced the likes of Tell Me Something Girl, yep. etc. So that's that's a bit better than a handicap. I think sometimes people forget that, that those handicaps, those major handicaps at the Irish festivals, they are borderline graded class. They're, they're, oh, yeah. they're a ridiculous standard. Um, Dino Blue, though, I'd like, I, I just, I know she's only had one run. I'd love to see more of her. But that was, that was really testing ground at Clomel last time. And she ran like, she came into it as if she just started at the second last hurdle. Uh, now, I know that probably wouldn't, wouldn't work out great for a horse, that, that saying, because, you know, they'd be going too slow to begin with. But um, for all intents and purposes, still, she was just effortless. She was just absolutely brilliant. Uh, she, she devoured them. I think Brandy loves a bit of a wrong and I think regardless of the fact that, yes, she's going left-handed, she's still a nutbag. Uh, Party Central, as much as I just said there, that um, she, was, she was obviously brilliant last time. She actually, by the, the ridiculous nature of this race, she, has, she now has to give the other horses five pounds. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah. It's stupid. It's a graded race at Cheltenham. No horse, regardless of what they've done, should be giving weight away. You're going to Cheltenham, the best face off the best. Um, it's an absolute joke. Uh, Grangey is here. This is sorry. This is a really good race. Uh, Grangey is here. That's a horse who they quite fancied at Christmas time, um, and and came true against Mighty Potter and Three Stripe Life. That form was obviously franked again today by Three Stripe Life. Uh, she wasn't good enough on the day, but that that wouldn't knock her. Impervious for Brian. Um, has a huge chance. Um, something went wrong last time, but still. And the other one that um, I'm interested in at Big Odds. So obviously, we're on Dynamo, Dino Blue for kind of quite a while. But let's say, say the name is like that fucking Rich Richie horse today. Monastar Armui. That's the one. At 150 to 1. Yep. The odds are just... It's it, She's just tempting to have a tiny each way bet on her. Again, she's 150 to 1, it's too big, but the trainer's not known. But that was a really eye-catching run behind Chantreuse, and that ground was absolutely bottomless. Mm. Uh, Chantreuse and Ivan in front of her, they are proper horses. I think she's a, a stupid price. Uh, Dave Weldon was the man who put me onto this horse. That's right. And it was only that, that day when I watched it, I messaged him, and I said, Jesus, Dave, you're not wrong here. Uh, Dave's a man who loves a big price, so sometimes you can kind of just go, okay, Dave, no, yeah, yeah. We'll oh, yeah, watch him run, yeah, we'll watch him run, yeah. <laughs> but literally, what... Obviously watched that with massive interest because of Shant uh, Chantreuse and she runs a huge race. Um, obviously Dino Blue and them should be miles clear of her but at 150 to 1 uh, she's too big. She's way too big. She is a massive, massive price. 175 to 1 if you want it with uh, fans bet. It's Monister Amui. Uh, um, yeah. 
I do think, um, oh, I'm surprised actually there's a lot of weakness around Brandy Love. Five to one now. Tells you where the Willie Mullins camp uh, think they are. I think Mark Walsh, of course, is going to ride uh, Dino Dino Blue. And that is your two to one favourite. They're Party Central 13 to two. But that form that Party Central has with the likes of Impervious, um, yeah, I would, I would pretty, fan- I would definitely fancy Impervious to turn that round. I think Impervious is a knocking each way bet here for Brian Hayes and Colm Murphy. Albeit, it's a red, red hot mares novices this year okay let's move on to the kim muir muir however you want to say it demagon you do it kim muir thank you very much and uh do we need to spend a lot of time on this how far does front assault win by he wins comfortably i think but this, the money for school by hours is disconcerting because he's a horse he's very talented that run that win in the paddy power chase at christmas time was an absolutely well, his favorite a- in some places now for a race that people seem to have had wrapped up on the preview circuit for weeks so schoolboy hours is actually 11 to 2 fans bet in front of the sort is 5 to 1 um does, does the ground concern you now or not for him for frontal assault for frontal assault not really no um gordon seemed to go through it today yeah i think the likes of gordon i remember uh, willie mullins there watching it back there on racing tv said that the the nature of their gallops means that most of his horses should go through it. And Sir Gordon Elliott, I'm pretty sure he's got the exact same gallops, nearly the exact same materials in it, that Wexford sand that they're always talking about. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. And anyway, Dean, he's he's won around Navin on heavy ground in the novice hurdle. That takes an awful lot of doing. So uh, I really wouldn't be concerned about that. I'm happy to see him kind of drift a bit more. I'll probably go back in tomorrow. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of his. This is by no means a two-horse race. You've got the likes of Smoking Gun for Gordon Elliott. Ain't that a shame for Henry de Bromhead. These are really quality Nicky horses. Nicky Henderson gave Mr. Coffee as his best bet in the meeting, it, I think. His best bet is the meeting. Yeah. And right place, right time. There's just that quiet money starting to flow in now for well, this one, This right place, right time is interesting because he ran the last day and didn't jump very well. Time before that, he was back like he was going to win to make sure that they got into the right race at Cheltenham. Uh, the hero for Mark of 130, Maximo Sullivan, is booked... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that being punted. Yeah, second to good time Johnny as well over hurdles. Been yep. Absolutely smashed. So, look, really interesting. But uh, David Mullins' article for bookmakers that they'll code, or sorry, for gambling.com that I did there, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, uh, our sister company, obviously. Um, David Mullins was saying that, yeah, that he quite fancies this horse, but it's all about the first four fences. And if It's going to have to jump better than it, it did the last day, or I cannot win. Yeah, but, but, you know, Maxime's on. And Emmett Mullins is a genius. Um, no so doubt. If anyone can do it, it's him. So definitely, look, there is loads of each way angles here, but I just think when Gordon Elliott fancies one like this, as he clearly does by the market and by everything else and the, the previous circuit, the fact that he's he's running in such better races always given the impression that, that he's miles better than it as well. Mm. Mikey Fogarty mentioned last time that uh, a jockey friend of his who might have rode the horse last time got Possibly, off and yeah. said, this horse wins when he goes up and trip. That's obviously Brian Cooper. <laughs> so, uh, so... Well, it could be another we jockey, but it's obviously Brian Cooper. It's obviously Brian Cooper. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, at 11 to 2, Dean, I'm very happy to be backing him. And he may still drift a little bit more. You may be able to go, uh, you know, this schoolboy hours money is coming. Um, I was going to be, uh, obviously, I think Frontal Assault will take a lot of stopping. Uh, you need to take the hints that you've been given along the way sometimes. Um, right place, right time, definitely interests me. Might be one to get involved with after you've seen it jump a few fences, though, just to make sure uh, the landing gear and everything is in proper order. And I'm mad. This is pretty mad. Right, but when you get to the last race of the day, and if it's been going like it might have done today, I might do this. Uh, elegant escape will just love whatever they throw at you in this kind of conditions. And it's an old boy, uh, 10 years old now, of course. And uh, I think Elegant Escape can outrun the odds of which will be 50s, maybe maybe even 60 to 1. Uh, currently 40s with fans bet for the Kim Moore. Thank you. Okay, all right, best bet on day three of the Cheltenham Festival from you, Demonol. 
Uh, frontal assault, sorry, of course. I nearly thought you were going to say Time Hill then. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I reckon it crossed your mind, I can't be sure. Uh, Time Hill will hopefully, now, hopefully, I still think it's a certainty, but hopefully, you need a bit of luck, uh, go and win the Stayers Hurdle. And that will be a wrap for this week, well, today's. Today's, yeah. yeah. To be careful, so it's a long busy. week, it's so a long week, busy. it's a long week. Okay, that's the wrap for today's Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, fans bet. If you do get involved, go to bookmakers.co.uk, take the bet 10, get 30, and uh, and get involved at Cheltenham. Fingers crossed we get a bit of better weather. But for now, we'll leave you alone. We'll be back tomorrow.